Amen and amen. So church, what did you think about that? What did you think about the words of those songs? I think we can say, we can give a hand clap of a praise for that one for sure. Well, I know I am definitely not the first one to say this, but you'll hear it again. Merry Christmas. Way in advance. (laughs) What powerful words woven in an orchestra of praise, wouldn't you say? And for those of you who are perhaps visiting with us for the first time, come and see what the Lord has done. You've seen a little bit of that just now. Perhaps you've seen it in other places, in other churches, perhaps other venues where you've heard the words of our Christ spoken, whether it be in, through the Word of God or in song. Come and see what God has done. Love incarnate, love divine. Stars and angels gave the sign. Bow to babe on bended knee, the Savior of humanity. Unto us a child is born, and he shall reign forevermore. To which the song goes on to say, Know well, know well. Come and see what God has done. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I, uh, I love Christmas, don't you? I'm sure most, I mean, you got to be, you know, a little look on a cocoa. You got you to be crazy if, if you are a... Uh, if you don't like Christmas, you got to be crazy. But I love Christmas. But don't you love Thanksgiving too? I mean, Thanksgiving is just a great um, reminder of really just giving thanks. Giving thanks to your friends, giving thanks to your family, giving thanks to the things that the Lord has given to you. But Christmas is about the Incarnation. It's about getting something that we don't deserve, right? And you have the, the, the Christmas presents, which are emblematic of getting something, right? Kids receive stuff. We receive stuff, you know. Fathers get big toys. <laughs> Mothers get toys. Kids get toys. You get something from someone. Yes, we get gifts, some more, some less. Yes, we get to spend time with family and perhaps even friends, but I tell you, the night of our Savior's birth, ushered in an unprecedented gift of love divine, such that if there is not a deep appreciation and joy in our salvation, praise to him and what Christ had accomplished for me and for you, then I believe that we need to take a pretty serious inventory in our walking with this King of glory Because we have not understood, as Tim Keller so eloquently said, we have not yet seen how deep he went to pay for you. He goes on and he says, you don't know how far he's brought you. You don't know the size of what he's done for you. You don't understand the depths of your sin. That's the primary problem. And so it is my personal prayer, and I hope it is for you as well, that during Christmas and perhaps even forevermore, that we would see how beautiful this Christ is. Yes? Perhaps we would see during this Christmas cantata three 
reasons why our hearts should worship this king of glory who sits on a throne of emerald grace. <laughs> Let's start with the first one. The Lord is powerful. The Lord is powerful. He's amazing. Well, you're probably wondering what scripture reference that we're looking at, so please turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verses 47 through 55. Luke chapter 1, verses 47 to 55. And if you don't have a Bible, there's one under your seats there. It'll be on page 44. Page 44. This is where Mary visits Elizabeth. That's the context. And Mary says this, starting in verse 46. My soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. Holy is his name. Verse 50. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. Verse 55, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Let me go through one more verse there. Verse 56, and Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Lord is so powerful, church. Saints of light, do be reminded to a deeper appreciation of our Lord and the power of his might and what he has accomplished for you, what he's accomplished for me, what he's accomplished for sinners. And to whatever degree Mary understood the significance of her Savior, her response upon hearing the news about this miraculous birth and circumstances was such that she said, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit rejoiced in God my Savior. My soul exalts the Lord. To whatever degree, or circumstance, to whatever degree that she um, pondered, or to whatever degree that she understood the circumstances surrounding the incarnation of the Messiah, she certainly understood that the child that she carried was none other than Emmanuel, which is God with us. You would be well to look at verses 26 through 33 of chapter 1. It says this. This is how she understood. Now in the sixth month of the angel, Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. 
The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. (laughs) The child that she would conceive was the redeemer of her soul. Don't you see? Which calls to mind this question is, do you know? Do you know this king? Do you know this Christ? Do you know that Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost? Are you lost this morning? Perhaps for someone who is in here, you're lost. You're not saved. You don't yet know the purpose of Christmas. (laughs) You don't yet know the purpose of the incarnation. If you believe that you are lost, and I know that you've come to the right place because today could begin your salvation story because this Christ which we so sing about is meek and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul in salvation beginning today if you would just repent of your sins, turn away from your sins, and surrender your heart, your everything over to this Christ. Look, it's as simple as this. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. You've heard this over and over again. Faith Church from Pastor Virus as he quotes this passage. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know that you have eternal life. Not maybe, not possibly 1%, 10%, 50%, you may know 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can have eternal life in Christ. And if the Lord is reaching out to you today, understand that he's powerful to save, but also understand that the reason why he's reaching out to you is because he's merciful. (laughs) He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to extend his hand of mercy to anybody, but he does. The Lord is merciful. Listen to what Mary said. For the mighty one has done great things for me. She understood. And holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. Wow. (laughs) Mary rejoiced. In the Lord's mercy, Mary rejoiced in the Lord's power. How powerful he was and is and is to come. Is not Christ merciful to you? Of course he is. Of course he is. You know, and you, and you, you recognize that and you understand that, you know, the older you get, right? <laughs> you recognize that, you understand the more you bathe your mind in the purifying solution of God's word, you understand more and more how merciful and gracious he is towards you. And if he has shown you mercy upon mercy, he wants to use you to extend salvation, mercy, and grace to others who have yet to see how beautifully merciful he is. Mary said to the angel, I don't get it. (laughs) 
how can this be? How can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And look, behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived the son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said this, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary had witnessed in her life the power of God. Mary had witnessed in her life the mercy of God. You have witnessed in your life the power of God in salvation, in that he had mercy extended to you. You understand. You get it. You get it. Mary came to believe God's word ultimately. And she was so overwhelmed by his mercy, so overwhelmed by his power, so overwhelmed by God's grace God's mercy is being displayed to us right now in so many facets of our lives that it shouldn't take a miracle to convince us of this truth, yes? I mean, the message of Christmas is this, and I know that all of you know this verse. It is the most popular verse in all of Scripture, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but of everlasting life in him, right? Will you say, perhaps you who are still lost, will you say like Mary did with so many other clouds of witnesses in heaven that the Lord is Savior, the Lord is powerful, the Lord is merciful, the Lord is Savior, will you finally today Surrender your heart to this king of grace, the one who sits on that emerald throne of grace. Grace, grace, oh God's grace. Will you say he's savior? Will you rejoice like Mary did and the saints who are here now? My spirit has rejoiced in Christ, my savior. (laughs) I hope so. I know many of us are still practicing how to rejoice in God who is our Savior, in Christ who is our Savior. So as we hear this beautiful array of music sung in this Christmas cantata, may our spirit always and continually be reminded and delight in God our Savior and all the great things he has done. So loved he the world, yes, that he gave us his Son who yielded his life and atonement for sin. And open the life gate that all may go in. Listen to what Mary says, verses 44 and 54, rather, 55. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. In remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Forever. Mary is recalling God's covenant to her people to herself, to her people. In other words, you can put it simply as this. God keeps his promises. And if God so keeps his promises to his people, 
Don't you think he would do the same for you today? <laughs> of course, right? Of course. We can say yes and amen to that. He saved you, didn't he? I mean, how about this for a passage? Here's, here's another one of God's promises that I just want to remind you of. Many of you have already done this. Romans 10, 9, and 10. But again, if there is perchance per a person who, who does not yet know this Christ, here is God's promise to you. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, his promise to you is that you will be saved. He will save you. He will redeem you from the marketplace of sin. He will transfer you over from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of his beloved son, Colossians chapter 1. Why? For with your heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. That is God's promise. That is God's promise. And for those of us, again, who are already delighting in our Savior, let us continue to rejoice, right? There's there's so many hymns that we sing here. Rejoice in the Lord always, right? Again, I say rejoice, right? (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Continue to bathe in the righteous standing that we have in Christ and what he has accomplished and maintained for us. And even on our worst days of sin and failure, the gospel reminds us of his inexorable grace toward us. Let me close with this. This is a song I think you were no doubt familiar with. This is a song from Casting Crowns called Gloria. It says, come to Bethlehem and see. More than a story, it'll set you free. Are you tired of running? Are you tired of shame? Baby born in a manger gonna break every chain. Angels fill up the heavens with the sound of his name. The song goes on to sing, Gloria to the promised one, to the only son. Gloria. Now the peasant king changes everything. Come adore on bended knee, lay your burden at the feet of Christ the Lord, the newborn king. Come adore on bended knee, lay your burden at his feet of Christ the Lord, the newborn king. Gloria, the song says, to the promised one, to the only son. Gloria, now this peasant king changes everything. Father in heaven, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name we give the praise. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name we give the praise for what was accomplished at the cross, what was accomplished at the incarnation, what was accomplished in the salvation of sinners. Only, only, may we only glory in Christ, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.